Welcome to Tiger Paw Radio, the podcast that tackles all the challenges and opportunities of channel convergence. If you provide managed IT, managed print, VoIP, security, or other technology-driven services for your customers, this podcast is for you. Tiger Paw Radio, exploring channel convergence, one stripe at a time. Jay, cannot thank you enough for coming on the show today. Uh, Jay McBain, if you have not uh, seen him speak or read one of his articles uh, or seen one of his videos and other interviews, uh, he does some phenomenal stuff on the changing channel, and that's what we're here to speak about uh, today. Uh, so, Jay, maybe you can just introduce yourself for audience, let them know uh, what you do and a little bit about you. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I'm a principal analyst for Forrester. I focus, I wake up every day thinking about channels and partnerships and alliances and ecosystems. Uh, I've been in the industry probably around 27 years now, working for big companies in Canada, like IBM Canada, Lenovo Canada. Uh, I actually founded and ran my own software company, building AI and stuff for the channel. And now for five years, I get to connect the dots and you know, try to figure out where, uh, where this ship is heading. So uh, really pleased to be here. Yeah, it's always been exciting. You know, I followed you for uh, for quite a long time. And, you know, years ago, um, when I was uh, doing quite a bit of stuff for CompTIA, when they still had a managed print um, sort of group. And then after that, when it was actually acquired by their technology lifecycle uh, services group, w- one of the topics that we would often talk about was this idea of, you know, the ecosystem and, and the changing channel, right? And I'm telling you, this pandemic, we're certainly seeing changes like never uh, before, at least from the perspective of remote work and how people are getting things done and seeing so many changes, right? But I'm wondering if today you could actually just help us introduce this idea, if you will, about what's happening to the channel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a bunch of really uber changes, really large changes that when you connect all the dots, you know, come back to the channel. You know, first and foremost, you know, 10 years ago, software started eating the world. And whether you're talking about print, whether you're talking about any industry, you know, software played a bigger and bigger role to the point where every company in every industry now is becoming a tech company. You watch these latest car and truck announcements. I mean, these are basically just technology companies, insurance, banking, you go through manufacturing. I mean, everyone has become a tech company. You've seen all these emerging technologies that are now here and and being utilized. We're watching 800,000 emerging tech companies. We're now up to 175,000 software companies growing to a million this decade. So what happens here when everyone joins this space? 81% of accountants are tech services companies. 78% of digital agencies are tech services companies. Again, every company in every industry of every role is coming in. So the next big sea change is the buyer. And we've gone through all kinds of buying changes and these journeys and now digital or digital only journeys that these new buyers it's a new psychology it's new behaviors uh new journey itself think about the last time you bought a car and those 28 moments you spent getting smarter than the salesperson understanding the invoice price and the back end rebates you knew walking into that dealership even though they still sat you down for eight hours to get you a deal you knew within a hundred dollars what it was going to be and you probably spend a hundred dollars more just to have them deliver the car Well, that's coming into our space. When people are looking at print or managed print, when they're looking at uh, office technology, when they're looking at computer tech and telco, when they're looking at everything now, they're smarter than the salesperson. And in many cases, majority of cases now, they're looking to avoid that step. How do I get from having a problem to vendor selection 
using these, you know, 28 moments and feel comfortable enough, confident enough that I can piece together my own solution and work with partners all along the way. You know, partners are leading that early moment, partners are leading those mid moments. And then obviously partners in a subscription consumption economy are leading, you know, kind of every 30 days uh, forever. Last thing I'll say uh, before I get off my soapbox is this, um, so you've got a changing buyer, you've got obviously a, a change in terms of the industry itself. Uh, the next thing is you've got a changing flow of money where you saw last year, big, big companies, the Cisco's, the Dell's, the IBM's, the Lenovo's, the HP's of the world all commit 100% into subscription models. You've seen companies in every industry go into this new subscription consumption economy. The majority of software companies today are product-led growth companies like a Zoom or a Slack where their product is their sales and their marketing and their channel. You're seeing usage-based models and value-based models. You're seeing the explosion of marketplaces. So this industry, which today about three and a half trillion dollars in size goes 64% through the channel. Other people, third parties collect the money from the customer. So there's no death to that. It's just not going to grow. This industry is going to double in size this decade to 7 trillion. And the 2.2 trillion today that flows through the channel will be the 2.2 that flows 10 years from now. Wow. So zero growth inside an industry that's growing uh, by, or it's doubling in size. So marketplaces are going to take on a third of all the dollars. Direct is going to take on a third of all the dollars. But the most important thing about our conversation today is 90% of that 7 trillion will be partner assisted. And that's the biggest change going on right now in the channel. Wow, it's really interesting. I'd never really thought of this idea that even though maybe some of the, you know, the current revenues aren't in jeopardy, that there is no growth in every business that I know is uh, focused on growth and to be able to start looking at those marketplaces and more of how they can get involved with that, you know, sort of direct model, how they provide those related services, right? And it's funny, when you mentioned the cars, I was actually thinking about the automo automobile industry. Certainly, it's a lot of self-serve stuff for all of our research. Now, I was on another call the other day, and somebody was talking about how excited they were that they actually bought a car uh, through a vending machine, right? You know, that they, this whole process. And then, of course, with uh, Tesla uh, having its own sort of direct sales operations with their, you know, vehicles, et cetera. It is really strange to see those things happening, right? But I got to tell you, Jay, there's a lot of resistance, um, especially when it comes to the multifunction devices uh, where this marketplace is evolving. I think we're starting to see more uh, direct uh, sort of marketplaces from the manufacturers. They're experimenting in different markets. And I've seen some uh, in Europe with Canon where they're doing more, you know, sort of that way, et cetera. Right. So and I know I didn't ask you to prepare for this question, but is there any advice for you know people on our channel? Like, can they avoid this or do they really have to start paying attention to, like you said, where that 90% partner assist dollars are living, right? Yeah, I mean, the advice is to stop thinking in absolutes. Uh, we always like to think about a binary, you know, on or off switch. And everything in our industry for 40 years has been nuanced. And here's the nuance uh, in terms of print. You know, if you look backwards, and I'll give you a couple of examples leading up to why to think about it this way. Uh, when we all in the 1990s, remember in the early 90s, we all thought we'd lose our jobs to India. Yep. And outsourcing was a huge thing. The company I work for, IBM, was quickly staffing up hundreds of thousands of people in India and buying up companies. And it, it seemed like all tech jobs would leave. 
And that didn't happen because why? In the enterprise and big mid-market companies, only 23% of them outsourced their IT. While it was growing fast, in some cases in the early 90s, it was growing at triple digits. We all thought that this was going to change the world. In the 1990s, you know, Dell introduced the direct model and we all thought, and I was trying to sell PCs against Dell, you know, we all thought, because it rushed up to 33% very, very fast. And they had about 80 or 90% share of that. If that 33 kept going, you know, Dell was going to take over the world and they didn't. And 12 years ago, he had, Michael Dell had to write that famous memo where uh, direct was a revolution, <laughs> not a re religion. Right. <laughs> and a third of PCs get sold through resellers. A third of them get through, sold through retail. At that time, Dell had to move into the other two markets because it capped out. Managed services, which started in IT, started 21 years ago. And it was growing by triple digits in those early years. And I worked for Autotask for a little while and ConnectWise and everybody was just uh, growing by um, unbelievable amounts until they weren't. About five years ago, it capped out at about 23% of companies. Again, same as outsourcing, which it is outsourcing. 23% of companies said yes to managed services, which meant that you know 77 didn't. And the same thing goes for print. If you think that 100% of companies want to come in move from A3 to A4, have it all managed, have everything, you know, everything from their documents, e-docs and everything, you know, just set it and forget it. The answer was no. 77% of companies are going to think about it differently. And, you know, managed print grew quickly at the beginning. And, you know, you start to set in and you got to think about it in this way. If you want to be successful as a print manufacturer, you got to make sure you're geared up for that you know, 23 to 33% of the market that's going to buy it in a subscription, consumption, usage-based, value-based model. You got to gear up for the people that are on marketplaces today that are going to acquire their print and print supplies via Amazon for business. You got to gear up for direct, which a third of customers want to buy direct in the future. There could be some product-led growth models in print. There could be some very unique business models around direct to consumer. Obviously, you're seeing HP, the ink, you know, it calls home. Oh, yeah. The paper sits on a Wi-Fi enabled way scale. And when your paper in the closet gets down to five pounds, it triggers an order. And you can choose whether that's Staples or, or Amazon or, you know, Larry in the white van. It doesn't matter. But all that matters to you is that you never run out of paper again for the rest of your life. And so when you talk about managed services, you start to think about all the different things about set it and forget it print. And it's nuanced in terms of how that happens. And everyone and the dealers, the VARs, everyone has to think about this in broader terms. And I think that um, the print industry, uh, especially, you know, on the subscription and consumption side can learn a lot from the SaaS and infrastructure as a service industries. The one thing they started doing last year uh, is quantifying what the opportunity is for partners. So the first company that did, that did that was Salesforce. It said for every dollar of Salesforce, the entire ecosystem, the deers and the wolves, there's $4.65 that you can go and chase. The customer may insource that. The customer may you know, buy it from five different partners. They might have a system integrator like Accenture in there. They might have a digital agency in there. They'll have an MSP, a VAR in there, a dealer, an agent. I mean. There's over my shoulder a Venn diagram of 16 different kinds of partner types now that might be in that room collecting on that $4.65. And, 
But today that's at 75% margin. Wow. And Salesforce went on to uh, announce that they're recruiting 250,000 partners. On the same day that announcement, they shut down their resale program. There's a 0% chance of reselling Salesforce and making 20, 30% margin. All the money goes to the marketplace. But why are 250,000 people joining? Well, it's on that $4.65 at 75% margin. So for every dollar of Salesforce, I can go and skill myself up, build the practices and compete for two or three dollars. So now I'm winning not 20% of the deal, I'm winning 200 or 300% of the deal at 75% margin. Everyone else, HubSpot came in at $5.80. Google Cloud just came in at $5.70. Microsoft talks about unlocking trillions of dollars and it's understanding that pie chart. And I think everyone in the distribution, vendor and partner side of print need to start thinking about that in wider terms. And do we have the skills to focus on that other 70%? If they say no to manage print, are we still equipped to manage their print? Yeah. If, they, if they decide to take their dollars direct, if they take, decide to take their dollars into a marketplace of some type, they buy their printer on AWS, for example, which is going to happen to extinguish their enterprise credits. That's okay. But now when I flip over to the $4.65, the implementations, the integrations, the installations, the security, the compliance, the governance, the data, the automation, all these other you know things, the 17 other tech services click in. And I, I start to look at myself and look at that print environment and say, where can I add value and make more money than you know I could have made you know, on, on selling the actual hardware? All we've really done uh, for most of our customers is provide them with an itemized cost per page bill and made sure they got their supplies on time. We weren't managing out cost. We weren't helping them with digitization. We weren't helping them with security. I mean, that's been the biggest black hole in our space for as long as I can remember, right? In a true managed services world, that people do make a living off providing these services, right? I've often thought that in the managed services channel, when you know people get the idea, and there's a few of them out there now, it's not a, a big proportion of them, but they actually go in and manage the print for the customers without touching the physical pieces, right? Mm -hmm. So you'll call in and say, yes, you know, we'd like to help you manage your print. They'll say, we've already got a vendor. And the answer is, no, no, that's fine. I don't care who's selling you the pieces. I wanna help you actually manage your print. So let's look at your security. Let's look at where you're uh, spending your money on color. Let's, you know, try and figure out if you got the right mix of things. You know, I will never, you know, want to sell you any of those pieces. I just want to manage that for you. And it's kind of like that light bulb goes off because those are, again, that's high margin dollars, right? I preach it all the time. It's very difficult uh, sometimes in, a, in an established marketplace, um, I think, for uh, for most people to kind of to grab onto some of those ways of thinking, right? And And I think initially, like as we're going through this, Jay, I don't think... Um, that as the channel starts to move into more of this ecosystem where it's more of these related services, it, it doesn't happen overnight, right? Like, like for our channel, what, what should we expect to see like for adoption and, and movement? Yeah. And we could add on top of all this, we haven't mentioned the pandemic yet and this new residential or remote topology that we can add a lot of value to, and, you know, upwards of 30% of people post pandemic think about work as what they do, not where they go. And that printed page may be on a $60 inkjet, you know, that you bought at Walmart. And you're not going to walk into that house and manage that 
piece, like you said. Yeah, no. But the the operation side of it, the cost side of it, the efficiency side of it, and start to manage at that level, there's a ton of opportunity because, you know, in any decentralized type of environment, and what we're getting into here is a very remote topology, you know, costs can start to overrun and the costs are going to come in in different ways. It's not going to come in through that budget and and do budget overruns. The costs are going to come in through your personal expenses. When you're, you know, every other week, you know, buying $100 worth of little toner cartridges, uh, and that's exactly why that printer is $60, uh, is because you are now on, you know, uh, crack for the rest of your life. <laughs> and now on one side of your business, you're seeing millions of dollars of consumer level uh, spend that, you know, isn't being connected back to the way it was managed maybe before the pandemic. I love it. And truthfully, it's a, it's an opportunity that most of us have ignored, right? I can remember in the early days of the pandemic, people were pretty excited that a lot of the pages were going to return, you know, thanks to people printing on these remote devices from home. And, and at that point, I think there was a lot of optimism, but people really didn't think about this idea that, well, maybe you're not going to own those pieces, right? Like, you know, it's like you said, a $60 printer, who's going to manage that sale? I'm not paying somebody, you know, a seasoned sales rep, 140, 200K a year, you know, to take care of that, right? Yeah. And you know what else I've seen, Jay? Sometimes people going completely sideways and doing some crazy stuff uh, and crazy stuff that makes them a lot of money. Uh, one of my dealer partner uh, friends is actually selling, uh, got into um, uh, digital displays, right? Like not the type that you see in the office, like on like an LCD screen or LED screen, but you know, some of these gigantic, you know, big ones, right? People put on their offices or in Times Square or whatever, and he's making a killing. <laughs> so well, there's a logical, when I talk about adjacencies, there's a logical connection between print and pro AV. Why? Because information in that case ends up on a screen instead of on a printed page or on a billboard or, or something else. So this is the idea that you are managing the information flow. And whether it arrives on, you know, uh, a page or it arrives on some monstrous uh, panel that sits in a stadium, you know, those are the skills that, that are interesting. Uh, one example I'll use on adjacencies is uh, in the telco market. You know, as a lot of agents and sub-agents, you know, started to see a decline in, you know, traditional PBX and traditional running of cables and, and things like that, then obviously voice over IP and then that led to, UCAS and CCAS and everything else, the ones that jumped in with the ring centrals and the eight by eights, the ones that jumped in with uh, five, nine and the big CCAS players and stuff, they understood that their value was communication and collaboration. Whether that went through a solid uh, wire line, you know, into a traditional trunk, whether that sat on a network, it didn't matter. The pieces and parts weren't as important as my skills which every company needs is better communication and collaboration tools. And this is the, the point about print is every company needs better information management, information flow, information display. This noise and clutter in this world needs to be solved for. This is the channel that knows how to do that. Um, there has been so much focus on managed IT and cybersecurity and, and other things, right? And certainly this adjacency if it's i mean we have organizations in our channel uh, already that people aren't making a lot of use out of right so there are billions of dollars of high margin i mentioned 75 percent margin business and I, i'm just talking about two adjacencies here the document management industry 
there's, I mentioned um, Highland. I mentioned, uh, you know, there's open text. There's yeah. all kinds of companies in that place, but you get into the damn world now, digital asset management. Now these are, you know, not printed pages, but these are, um, you know, information flow again, uh, that can be managed via another set of vendors through channel marketing automation is an industry that I follow. And, you know, that may end up on paper in brochures or billboards. It may end up in audio on radio or, or TV, but it's most likely to end up as a digital asset that, that's facilitated. But there's three adjacent markets that are all multi-billion dollar markets that companies are growing double and or triple digits inside right now, given where we are. Print you know, type of folks and office folks should be thinking about in, in terms of where they go next. Sorry, I just got to say it. Damn. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. And I'm going to do some more research on that. I've actually made some notes on my uh, old fashioned scribble tablet. When I talked about the transactions changing, you know, if a third of transactions happen, you know, through a reseller of some type, a dealer of some type, uh, a third move through marketplaces and a third through direct, it means that two thirds of this market, the money's not going to flow through the channel. So it's obvious that not just consultative, but I want to start to understand where I'm being consultative inside that customer journey. I'll tell you the vendors are getting smart and they're calling Forrester specifically about those 28 moments. We talked about when you buy a car, those 28 moments before I invest in print technology, before I make vendor selection, before I kind of land at my solution, there's on average five different partners involved there. They're the ones that write the eBooks. They write the white papers. They record podcasts like this. They do speeches at, at events in Vegas or at a chamber of commerce. They're on the front cover of magazines. They're all over the place. Those 28 moments are somewhat random, but the people that drive them are the ones that the manufacturers want to get to and pay them for those, for that early influence. And now in managed print and in almost everything now, getting that transaction is the first 30 days with the customer. Mm. And I don't care what margin you're at on that deal. You know, whatever percentage of 30 days is not going to pay your mortgage. And you've got to build a business that shuttles that customer through that vendor selection to transaction, whichever way the money flows, it shouldn't really matter to you. Uh, and then every 30 days forever, if you're helping drive adoption for that OEM, for that manufacturer, if you're driving deeper integrations and stickiness for them, remember they're being rated like Netflix now. Yeah. Subscribers, how many new subscribers and what's your churn rate? Nobody asked revenue, nobody asked profit, nobody asked customer sat anymore. Those are the three metrics. If you're helping them do that every 30 days forever and you keep them a customer for life, you're gonna make money on influence. You're gonna make money on that consultative transactional part of it. And then you're gonna make money every 30 days forever. And like I said, you're gonna start participating in that multiplier at four or five times the margin by leading into those consultative uh, services. The people that sell a lot of hardware, both the, the big distributors, TD and Cinex came together last year, you know, Ingram got sold to private equity. So we actually know the value of those big, big hardware distributors. It's 10 cents to the dollar. Wow. Your business is worth 10 cents to the dollar to a buyer uh, on hardware. For those companies that are doing services, for those that are doing recurring services, for those companies that figure out to productize their IP and figure out these adjacencies, it flips over where your business is worth 10 times 
the revenue. Wow. So if you're worried about revenue reduction, you should be worried about valuation. Do you want 10 cents of whatever that dollar is? Or do you want 10 times of maybe a slightly larger, uh, sorry, smaller number? Uh, I would say that you'd want to build a business on the second part of that. A $10 million business at a 10 cents valuation will land you a million dollars. $100,000 in those multiplier services at a 10x valuation will also net you a million dollars. So if you want to run a $10 million business, you want to run a $100,000 business, both of those can land the same uh, acquisition check in the future. Wow. <laughs> well, that's, I like the math there. And that's, uh, that's incredible, really, when you think about it, right? The year ahead. So if we're looking at the year ahead, I always love uh, sort of predictions. And you don't have to give us predictions. But if there's things that you think we should be paying attention to uh, beyond sort of what we talked about today, what could some of those things be? Yeah, so every year I make 10 predictions, kind of my David Letterman top 10 list uh, for, for those people that remember that show from five years ago. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I land at this idea of an ecosystem orchestrator. The world is getting complex. I talk about 800,000 of those emerging tech companies, 175,000 software companies becoming a million this decade. You know, I talk about millions of partners and 35 million types of customer solution. There's just so many things. Like when you start adding those together on your calculator, you get an error. <laughs> yeah. And the fact of the matter is it comes down to relationship and we know that. It, it's not a single trusted advisor anymore. There's no single throat to choke in this very complex world. But there is a huge opportunity this year and in the years following for the, this decade to be an orchestrator for a lot of this activity. And if that $5 multiplier to get all this to work, there needs to be a, a company that's building as a general contractor, getting all these pieces and parts working and trusted by the customer you know, to orchestrate all this complexity. And whether it lands on a printed page or it lands on a digital billboard, they're looking for that layer of skills. And that's where it is. Orchestration, I think, is going to be the most highly valued uh, skill and highly valued part of, of every company by the end of this decade. What, what a great way to say it. And it, it also gets me thinking of, I mean, orchestras are very complicated things. You think of the number of instruments uh, that are involved in a philharmonic, right? And yet, uh, that orchestrator brings all of that stuff together to make some of those beautiful sounds in history, right? Um, mm -hmm. Similarly, in film, you know, when we have a director, um, you know, that they're they're really taking care of all these pieces. A cinematographer, person that does the music, the special effects, the stunt crew, the extras, the all of that, right? You know, pulling these things together and orchestrating, if you will, that final thing, which is much more valuable um, when it when it all comes together, right? I love it. Absolutely. Wow. Well, Jay, I cannot thank you enough uh, for joining us today. This has been very eye-opening for me. Yeah, every, every time I talk to you, I have to feverishly take notes um, <laughs> because I'm learning so much. So I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so thank you from our, our audience and thank you so much, Jay. And oh, wishing you. you all the best for uh, 2022. And I look forward um, to becoming more of an orchestrator. And so we come to the end of another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. If you'd like to listen to more great learning content to help you grow your business, please be sure to visit www.tigerpod.com and click on the Resources tab. You can also subscribe through your favorite podcast platforms to be sure you never miss another episode. And until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and keep that inner tiger strong.